Hi, I'm Mac Harvey. And I'm Britt Pham. And welcome to Sunday School. Settle in with a grounding moment. So wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, find some slowness inside your heart. Maybe you can close your eyes or just settle your gaze. On the count of three, we will exhale anything that needs to be released with an S each sound. One, two, three. Three, shh. Inhale through your nose, through your lungs into the deepest parts of your belly. And exhale out your mouth. And now I invite you to put your hands on a part of your body that needs a little extra love today. Maybe it's your heart, your belly, your thighs. Maybe you even wrap your arms around yourself and give yourself a little hug. And breathing in from that part of your body deep, deep, deep love. And then exhaling love into that part of your body. Breathing in love. Exhaling love. One more in love. and out love. And go ahead and start to rub your hands on that part of your body, bringing some warmth and movement in. And whenever you're ready on your own time, you can return. All right. Well, welcome everyone. I hope you're having a lovely, lovely day wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to this. We're happy to be back. Ah, kind of a <laughs> slow, like rainy day here where I'm at and I'm just feeling like the cozy, tired, ready to like taco myself in a weighted blanket kind of vibe. Mm, yeah very like rest and hibernate day well it's the winter time right now and I've really been leaning into the season of just slowing down just like going with the natural rhythm of the earth you know Mm. um and we're supposed to slow down and hibernate in the winter but instead (laughs) like for some reason at the end of every year everyone's like go 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 race to the end of the year and I'm like can we not (laughs) I've started to say that 
as far as I'm concerned, December is like two weeks long. Like the last two weeks of the year don't count. Don't fucking talk to me. Don't ask me to like get on the phone. Don't schedule things. I'm not doing anything. And on that (laughs) subject, I recently just on a whim bought a paint by numbers kit. (laughs) And let me tell you, it has taken over my life. That's literally all I want to do. I want to wrap myself in a blanket and paint by numbers because <laughs> I know you and I have had a lot of talks about like really reconnecting with like that playful fun creative side um that maybe we've like lost over the years or just kind of felt the back burner and this has like surprisingly like really brought me back to that where yeah it's it is hard to just like sit down and be like I'm just gonna fucking paint for yeah in my case last night six hours and (laughs) lean over my kitchen table in the light and just like paint these little teeny tiny squares and like search for the next number and then like find a pretty paint and it's really it's just really fun but anyway (laughs) is that a weekly update should we do i think so (laughs) i was just gonna say what's uh do you have anything to update us on brit (laughs) maybe this weekly update can be like a little bit more of a check-in with our hearts and our bodies and our spirits in the theme of this episode. So I'll just check in. Today I'm feeling rather low energy and this like deep burning frustration with the responsibilities I have (laughs) I'm like so over just like having to do things to exist in this world (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I really just want to lay the fuck down and rest and Mm. at the same time especially this week I found myself like doom scrolling a lot and really just letting myself get wrapped up in my phone and social media, which I know makes me feel terrible. Yeah. And so I feel kind of trapped between these two rocks where one is I don't want to do the things on my to-do list, the things related to work, and then the other one being like my phone and social media. And I know that the healthy – good thing to do for myself would be to go take a walk Mm. or go get a paint by numbers and fucking paint (laughs) or read or all those things. And I just feel kind of stuck. Like I feel like I, I can't bring myself to do it. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about the difference between being kind to myself and gentle and letting myself follow my pleasure and my joy versus overindulging and uh, letting myself numb and use not healthy coping things like social media and um that's just kind of where I'm at right now mm. and sometimes I'm like riding high and doing the things and sometimes I'm full on the other side of the spectrum just like mad about it and yeah. uh now right now I'm just in the middle and that's okay and I'm just trying to let myself be there Yeah, your body's feeling this way for a reason, and sometimes it just needs to process that. How are you feeling? Right now, I'm feeling 
cold. Um, my muscles feel worked and my body feels like very tired. And I also feel like low energy today. But something that I'm really trying to unravel is like, I feel like I've earned this low energy day. Mm. And it's like, that is a good thing. But also like, you I shouldn't have to feel as though I've earned a rest day, you know? Yes. Trying to combat that as well as like, I don't know, feel good about what I also have accomplished. I've had like a relaxing morning. I had like three cups of coffee, did my paint by numbers. Dude, what? (laughs) They were small cups. They were small. Okay. But still, these days if I drink even one cup of French press coffee, I'm like headache and I'm like ill. and. (laughs) But yeah, I had three small cups of coffee and I just kind of had a really slow morning. It was really relaxing. My body feels really sore. Um, I joined a gym recently and in the past like year, I've really had a hard time working in physical activity, like intentional Mm -hmm. physical activity into my schedule, which is not what I'm used to. I've always been hiking, skiing, swimming, like some type of activity predominantly in the outdoors that's always been like a part of my life schedule and routine and in the last two years since I've started this more like office job it has definitely affected my you know the level of physical activity that I get and uh, you know obviously it's played into like my mental health and my body image recently because i have noticed changes from like not living as quote unquote a um active lifestyle and so finding ways to get myself motivated to create the space to go be physically active has been a real struggle for me the last couple of years mm. and so i'm finally feeling like I'm getting back to a place where I'm really motivated to be active and it's fun Mm. and it's enjoyable and it's really got me feeling like so much better about myself Mm. and this whole thing me joining the gym recently has brought up a lot of unpacking that I've wanted to do around body image and Mm -hmm. uh my relationship with my own body and I think and while like a lot of my main reasonings behind doing it is like I just enjoy being active it makes me happier it's good for my mental health but then the other reason which like was that I wanted to lose weight and be skinnier and while it's not the main reason that I'm doing it it's there and I really wanted to acknowledge that and unpack that And so I think it's going to bring us to like a really good discussion today around body image and fat phobia and body positivity versus body neutrality. And so, um, yeah, do you have anything to add, Britt, before we go a little deeper into this? The last thing I want to add to weekly updates is kind of an update about um, my body because I feel like my check-in is a little bit more about like where am I like mentally yeah. and spiritually and emotionally <laughs> and I get the one thing though that is top of mind for me is my relationship with uh, alcohol and mm-hmm. caffeine because we were just talking about coffee and jitters and all that stuff something you said reminded me of how 
what your body needs and what works for you will always change throughout your life. Mm. And I think that's so important to find what works for you, not just in terms of fitness, but also in terms of what you nourish yourself with. Um, And so for me recently, I have noticed that my relationship with coffee has drastically changed. Uh, No judgment to you for drinking three cups a day because that (laughs) used to be me. Like when I lived in New York City and I was working events all the time, I drank like three to five cups of coffee a day. It was just like the thing that got me through was my little treat every few hours. And these days, sometimes if I drink some coffee, I'm fine. But other days just at random, I don't know what causes it. I will drink a coffee and it'll fuck me up. Like I have a headache and I feel really nauseated and I'm like, I feel high. Like my vision's different. It's insane. And it's been on and off like this for the past few years, but especially noticeable recently. Wow. And I've tried the switch to matcha, which has really helped, but I just love the taste of coffee. I love Mm -hmm. the smell of it in the morning and the ritual of waking up and making myself coffee. So I've been trying to figure out what works for me there. And then when it comes to alcohol, I I don't remember if I talked about this last season, but for a few months, summer of 2021, I tried, quote unquote, intentional sobriety from alcohol. I I was still doing lots of other drugs (laughs) at the time. (laughs) Just the alcohol, though. (laughs) But I really loved that. I did because I had noticed that alcohol wasn't feeling good to my body. And I couldn't tell you exactly why it wasn't feeling good. I just like was this like gut instinct where I was like, I think I should just stop drinking alcohol for a little bit. Mm. And I loved it. And I started drinking again um, beginning of 2022. Mm. And recently there have just been a few nights where I've drinking a little bit more than I usually would. I've noticed that I feel really low the day or two after I drink more than I usually would. Um, Alcohol is a depressant, Mm -hmm. so it makes sense. And I've just been noticing that feeling in my body. And I think this episode and preparing for this episode has inspired me to consider uh, going free of alcohol for the next little bit, or at least watching the kinds of liquor I drink and just like really taking inventory of what feels good and what doesn't. Um, so all of that to say, that's my update. And I want to kind of highlight the theme of just finding what works for you as we go through this episode, because I think it's different for everybody and it's different for everybody throughout times of your life. I think we're ready to go to church. Let's go to church. We thought we'd start this segment with some definitions to just create the context and create the space of this conversation. Mm -hmm. So the first definition and term is body positivity. And Mac, you found a really good quote or a really good definition for this. So do you want to share that? Yeah. So the definition I found that I really liked of body positivity is the fact of feeling good about your body and the way that it looks. Body positivity is very much rooted in loving your body and gaining self-confidence. So I believe that definition that you just shared is from the John Hopkins website. 
No, we'll we'll link like all of our sources in the show notes, by the way, so that there's kind of reference. But I think that that definition of body positivity is pretty um, expansive and a lot of other sources would would use it. So we just kind of want to give a good groundwork. And with that said, I want to acknowledge that the body positivity movement was created by fat, mostly black, mostly queer women and femmes. And the body positivity movement has in recent years gone mainstream and uh, mostly in a good way, I think, you know, like there's nothing wrong with promoting feeling good about your body. And in a lot of ways, it has also been co-opted by more like medium-sized and quote-unquote straight-sized women white Mm. women who don't always apply the same positivity and upliftment to the very women who created the movement. And Mm. there's actually a great um, Lizzo TikTok video that we'll also link that I found in researching this episode where she kind of talks about how like there's nothing wrong with you know, feeling good about your body and promoting body positivity, just apply that same energy and that same advocation to the women who created the movement for Mm. us. And so I think a different movement called body neutrality has arisen recently. Mm -hmm. Do you want to share the definition you found of body neutrality? The definition we're working with today around body neutrality is neither loving nor hating your body. It's based off of the notion of acceptance and having respect for one's body rather than love. And I really like that because like we were talking about, there's nothing wrong with like medium to smaller sized women. Like I love what Lizzo says in that TikTok that you mentioned that body positivity is for everybody, every body big, small, medium, like however you see your body, that is meant for you. But that can also bring in some toxicity. Where it got toxic for me personally was seeing these like medium to smaller sized women say like, you just got to love your body. Also, here's how you lose weight. (laughs) And like in my head, when I see smaller sized people saying things like that, I'm like, well, that's easy for you to say. Mm. And Anyway, that's my own internalized internalized fat phobia, which we're get we'll get to here. But I do love the body neutrality idea, where it, just having respect for your own body and just how it exists right now in this moment is so important. Well, I also love the concept of body neutrality because it's so much more about being in relationship with yourself versus directing your feelings in a certain way like the way that you feel is the way that you feel like you can't control your feelings yeah but body neutrality is just about coming to accept that like you have a body yeah (laughs) we all have a body and so don't you want to just like at least get to a point where you're accepting it (laughs) yeah and I think I love what you said about how the toxic part for you was um, seeing like skinny women being like, love your body, but here's how you like lose weight and get yeah. as skinny as me. Yeah. And like, there's nothing wrong with you for feeling like, 
of course it's easy for you to say love your body when you look like that. Like a lot of us have fucked relationships with our bodies because of the society we live in and the fact mm. that like media constantly tells us there's something wrong with us no matter how you look and we'll get to that later. Mm. Um and at the same time I think it's important to acknowledge that like certain people look the way that is more socially mainstream accepted and praised and loved and so yeah. it means something different when a skinny woman is like love your body versus a fat black queer woman saying love your body yeah oh absolutely well and I also want to acknowledge on that note that like being smaller bodied and quote-unquote skinny does not equal healthy yeah. and on the opposite side of that being bigger bodied and quote-unquote fat does not equal unhealthy yeah we have one more definition that we wanted to share before we move on and that is fat phobia Mm -hmm. so mac other definition (laughs) czar today (laughs) the czar of definitions yes the webster's dictionary definition of fat phobia is uh also known as weight bias um or weight stigma describes the negative attitudes and stereotypes surrounding and attached to larger bodies. Um, fat phobia also is an abnormal or irrational fear of being fat or being around fat people. You you also mentioned the term internalized fat phobia earlier. Yeah. And throughout this episode, I think we're going to be kind of acknowledging that concept and acknowledging the fact that we live in a fat phobic world and it that that feeling exists inside all of us just like i would argue racism exists inside all of us in some mm-hmm. way because it's the air we breathe and we're going to be doing our best to grapple with those feelings between the two of us i think this is a sensitive topic it can be really triggering for some people um, and we want to do it justice and mm-hmm. be really mindful and thoughtful about how we discuss this. Um, so with that said, the final thing I want to share and acknowledge is the privilege that exists in this space before we really get into our own experiences. Mm-hmm. I am what most would consider straight-sized. Um and I also want to acknowledge that the privilege of being able-bodied. I yes. have, yeah, what would be considered an able um, body. I'm able to move through this world without much hindrance uh, mm. or need for different accessibility settings than that. what you would find out in the world. Yeah, thank you for acknowledging that. Um, I, I also want to acknowledge that I am very able-bodied. I also want to acknowledge that I am, like, able to afford going to a gym and, like, have time in my day to even set aside for that. A lot of people don't have that. I'm actually curious if you're open to sharing, like, how you identify in terms of your body size. I've always felt like I've sat somewhere in the middle where, like, I'm a tall girl. I come from a, the Harveys are tall people. (laughs) We're a tall people. And so I've always been like above average height. And I also was 
by my own definition for myself, for my body personally, I've never seen myself as quote unquote skinny and I've never seen myself as quote unquote fat. Mm. I've just been in the center of this where like I love calling it because I think it's a positive term for me. I love seeing my body and labeling it as a renaissance body. As a last, you know, acknowledgement, I am a white person and I am absolutely positive that my body and my existence, just as a fact, it is not shamed in the way that a lot of other black and brown bodies, I have not been ridiculed and treated in the same way as those bodies. And so I want to acknowledge that, that I've had a very privileged life that way and fuck white supremacy end episode (laughs) end episode boom (laughs) mic drop so mac tell us more about this gym that you love so much like hearing you talk about it is actually really motivating because i'm like "Eh, maybe i should find a gym i've been really wanting to try pilates um (gasps) yes but i've also been trying to like be money conscious (laughs) yeah that is that's definitely was a struggle Mm -hmm. and so i think another acknowledgement is that like shit is fucking expensive and that ties into what we were talking about last episode was like capitalism and (laughs) like yeah so like we were saying earlier this just this works for me once you're in there doing cardio in a 120 degree room it fucking sucks like (laughs) and what I like is that like how my mind works maybe it's like a little bit of the ADHD and like my short attention span but I can wrap my head around being uncomfortable and putting my full body physical exertion out there for 15 minutes. I've always been a sprinter. I'm not a long distance runner. <laughs> Dude, same. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, this gym has got me feeling really good because I'm like, oh, 15 minutes of like hell. Absolutely. <laughs> That's totally attainable. And then you feel so and you get out of there and you feel walk out of the sauna and you feel so good. It's like you've been reborn into the world. <laughs> well, you mentioned earlier how a big part of you finding this gym was this couple year journey of trying to find what works for you and finding a more active lifestyle like you used to have when you were in college and you were working in outdoor recreation. Um And so I know that having a more active lifestyle was a big motivation and it's part of why you feel so stoked about finding this gym. Mm -hmm. Um, But you also mentioned that another part is because of how you want to look. So can you say a little bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, This is something that I, for the last couple weeks, has like been on my mind a lot since joining this gym. It wouldn't be truthful of me to say that that's not a factor you know, getting excited about losing weight, like, it's Mm. on my mind, obviously. And I've really tried to reframe my priorities when it comes to being active. And so going to the gym, it's not only about losing weight for me, but it's there. But like, we grew up in the 2000s era. That's when we were like, most impressionable teenagers dealing with our changing bodies there are certain body images that are or certain body types that are quote unquote preferred or like the popular body type of that era. And yeah. for the 2000s, it was very like heroin chic, which is like bone skinny, skinny, like the models that you see. 
and very like <laughs> Tim Burton character. Yeah. <laughs> Hollow. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of the preferred body type that we grew up with. Yeah. And as someone who did not who has never fit that body type, I can definitely look back on my life and be like, oh yeah, I was that's all I saw in media, in magazines, in everywhere you looked. Like that's what I was being told my body should look like Mm -hmm. I think I would have such a healthier relationship with working out and going to the gym if staying active and working out was framed to me as more of like this is good for your body instead of something is wrong with the with your body you need to do this to look to lose weight and look skinnier that's Mm -hmm. how it was always framed to me I also think it's important to acknowledge that the early 2000s were also when social media was on the rise. Yeah. And yes, magazines and gen- media in general have always been pushing what your body quote unquote should look like. And social media just added this extra layer that was and is constantly in our faces. Mm. And it's constantly telling us that you don't look the way you should look no matter what it is that you look like um I think this is actually a good place to bring in the book burnout and one Mm. of the quotes we pulled from it so there's this book called burnout the secret to unlocking the stress cycle which is written by doctors Amelia and Emily Nagoski and there's an an entire chapter just about what they call the bikini industrial complex which I thought was a really fascinating inclusion in a book that like is about like work and stress and overwhelm like I didn't really think that there was any sort of connection to yeah uh, from that to body image but there's this quote that I really like and I'm going to quote it now most of us have spent our whole lives being taught to believe everyone else's opinions about our bodies rather than to believe what our own bodies are trying to tell us For some of us, it's been so long since we listened to our bodies, we hardly know how to start understanding what they're trying to tell us, much less how to trust and believe what they're saying. So what I took away from this quote and that chapter in general is how we get so divorced from listening to our bodies and like understanding, like you were saying, how exercise is good for our joint health. It's good for our mental health. Like we we stop learning or we don't learn at all how to listen to our bodies when they're telling us like, hey, you should get some more active because you haven't been feeling so good. Instead, we learn to listen to external forces telling us we should work out because we should look this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I've been working on in recent years is just trying to listen to my body when I need to eat in a certain way or get more mm-hmm. active. And I have learned to like recognize oh, I'm feeling like pretty crummy today. And Mm. it's because I haven't moved my body in a really long time. Or like, I can tell that there's just this gut instinct that I should probably eat some broccoli today because I've had ramen (laughs) like five days in a row. And that's like not good. (laughs) I do want to hear about like your relationship with your body over the years and how that has ebbed and flowed and where you're kind of at now. Yeah, I mean... 
I always think of this TikTok that I saw. Speaking of social media and how terrible it is, it's also good sometimes. I saw a TikTok a while ago. I'll try to dig it up and include it in the show notes so that we can credit the creator. Mm -hmm. It was this girl who put her phone down on the bathroom counter and stood back and like showed a profile shot of herself. And there was this little pooch on her tummy that looks a lot like how my pooch looks. Um, Mm. And she said, this is where my body needs to be right now. Mm. And I tell myself that a lot when I'm not feeling so great about my body because like I said before, for the most part, I'm what you would call small slash straight sized. And my pooch does fluctuate every Mm -hmm. so often based on how much I'm moving my body well, and, and also, not to interrupt you, but it also plays in with, like, your cycle, like, bloating yes, before bloating. your period, you know, yes, and 100%. your body changes month to month. Monthly. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Thanks for calling that out. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when I see that, like, my tummy is a little bit more bloated than usual and I start feeling bad about myself, I just tell myself, this is where my body needs to be right now. Mm-hmm. But I really try to, like, I have really tried in recent years to relate to my body as, like, something that is a friend and someone Mm. who is trying to take care of me in the best way possible. And there have been a couple moments this year where I've noticed I am bigger than I ever used to be or am usually. And it's so Mm. slight. I feel like such an asshole and so privileged saying this, but this is our podcast and I'm trying yeah. my best to be <laughs> this real. Is our safe space. <laughs> and it like rocked me for many weeks after I realized those changes had occurred. Mm. And I have noticed that there is an increased constant vigilance over my body and how I look and how I feel and what I'm eating and how much I'm working out. And I think that that vigilance has always been there for me. It's just a little bit more present these days. Mm. There's another point that we wanted to touch on, which is how the ways we talk about ourselves affect the way that others see themselves. But I also think about the ways in which I heard not just my parents, but just family members, cousins, friends talking about their bodies all my life growing up. And it's always some version of, I'm so fat oh my God, I've gained so much weight. Mm -hmm. I look disgusting, blah, 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 blah. And that affects the way that affected the way that I related to myself and sometimes even talk about myself. And now that my siblings have children who are under 10 years old, I notice the ways that they are constantly absorbing information from the ways that the adults around them talk about themselves or just talk in general Mm. and I also think about the ways that we comment on kids bodies too like little girls are constantly praised for being so beautiful or so cute like I that was me when I was little like Mm -hmm. it would always be like oh my god you're so beautiful and as an Asian American too it was always like wow, your eyes are so beautiful. Your nose is so beautiful. You're so lucky that you have a bridge to your nose or a fold in your eye Mm. because there are 
plenty of Asians who get surgery for their noses to look more like European features. And so that was a lot of information I just shared, but I'm going to (laughs) end it with that because we have talked a lot about body size and body weight in this episode. Mm. I think there's also a lot to say about skin color and body features and the intersection of racism there and how it's not just um, small sizes that are valued. It's also European features that are valued and Mm -hmm. given more uh, power and privilege in this world. Yes, I completely agree. And oh God, I just want to give everybody listening like a big hug. And I just want... I want you to walk away from listening to this episode with just seeing the world as it is, this like fucked up world we live in right now and just being like, all that shit's bullshit. I'm going to do what I need to do today to feel even neutral and just walk away with some respect for my body and how, I mean, look at how far your body has brought you today bodies are dope go listen to our vagina episode (laughs) yeah hell yeah bodies are fucking crazy like (laughs) we're just like naked apes roaming the world (laughs) with like too big of a brain for our own good i love that wrap up um anything else you want to share anything else you want to say i think this is a good place to wrap up and maybe do some uh weekly assignments Ah, big breath. You can even do it right now if you want to, listening to this, or you can finish this episode and go do it on your own. Just find a moment to sit the fuck down and tune into your body and its existence and relax your belly. Like take a deep breath and just let it hang out. No one's watching. No one's looking or judging. And then relax your jaw. And then relax any other part of your body that needs to be relaxed and just let yourself be. Your belly is supposed to be round. Your jaw is supposed to be relaxed. You look exactly the way you're supposed to look. Mm. So something that's really helped me recently, especially with like the uprising of TikTok um you see the uprising of tiktok the uprising (laughs) the slow world domination of tiktok something that's really helped me is curating my social media like following certain people or taking in media of bodies that look similar to mine yeah like you know there's so many influencers influencers out there that are these like predominantly skinny small white woman white women who are all about body positivity and confidence and self-love that like if that's all you're taking in I feel like for me 
it fed that subconscious ideation of like there's my body's not like that so therefore my body is wrong and so really purge your social media or the media that you take in Mm -hmm. of people that maybe don't look like you yeah so yeah really intentionally like sit with who you're following and look through that stuff and kind of rework that stuff this week Mm. mindful consumption of media and content is so important yes I regularly go through who I follow on Instagram and I just unfollow any accounts that don't bring me joy or that don't inspire me or that don't make me feel the way that I want to be feeling when I get online. Mm. And I remember a while ago too, I also like went through and purged and then actively sought out a really diverse group of people that I wanted to follow. I love that you said that you follow people who look more like you, but also recommended that people follow people who don't look like them and create a more diverse feed. I think that's really important to just remind ourselves that the world is so big and people look so many different ways and every way is perfect. Ooh, amen to that. I am. Yeah, God created you in his image, which is perfect. So (laughs) God's actually a shapeshifter and a chameleon. (laughs) And she thinks you're perfect. That's fucking right. (laughs) All right. Anything else? Nope. That's it for me. I hope you all have a lovely week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening in. We love you all so much. Amen. Amen. Sunday School was created by me, Britt Pham. And me, Mac Harvey. Our theme music is originally by Caleb Spaulding and remixed by Annie Klang. The music you hear during our grounding breath are crystal singing bowls, composed and played by Jackie Cantwell. This episode was edited by Danielle Costa. You can find us on Instagram at Sunday dot school school is spelled s x h o o l